passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. That's right. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Once every, like, few years you have a cable or something go bad, and it's always, like, at the most inopportune time most of the time. But yeah, like, green, green, green. Beep, beep. Are you f- The serious? other day I looked down and it was... Two, I had two full bars, and I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, I'm good." Restart, yep, restart. I'm like, "What the? F-? Does anybody really know how long you got after the first beat?" Because I'm never gonna find out. I, always, I know. I always start. I like the other. Like, you know what bothers me is when they start beeping faster. You know, it's like, like, like sometimes like you hit key, uh, unkey, and it's like, and all of a sudden it's like, yeah. Like, the more you key up, the more it beeps. Yeah. You're like, I'm like f-ing beeping. You're wasting battery by beeping. Yeah, I don't. I was wondering, I've always wondered how long batteries last. Like, what is that? I changed one on the green yesterday, and it, Three I wide, couldn't get it in there. Is that like 25% left still, or what is it here, yeah. man? 10%? Where am I at? Five? Oh, man. Welcome to Door Bumper Clear, presented by OfferPad. I'm Freddie Kraft, and we have a lot to talk about after Atlanta. We'll discuss the new Super Speedway-style race, Leaders blowing right rear tires, whether this racing makes racers more entertainers and drivers, and much, much more. Let's kick it, Jason. The best on the stand and the best in the booth. Stumbling the Monday to tell you the truth. Giving the opinions and breaking the rules. Get called to the holler to bring it to you. Casey, you pretty. Freddie, you fat. TJ, you suck. Brighton, so bad. Jason is facing kind of plate in this race. And if someone don't crash, and he's gonna go mad. Looking for Freddie, he's killing the bottle. Casey is making messes like a toddler. Tweet something stupid, then don't even bother. Brett's gonna block you like TJ is a spotter. See them online, throw FF in the chat. Tell Rick where to stay off the track. All of the podcasts are living in fear. This isn't the download, it's throw bumper Clear. Nah, don't get it twisted, baby. This isn't the download, nah. This is door bumper clear. There you go, I like it. Hey everybody, I'm TJ Majors. I'm part of the six cup car, the sixty-eight Xfinity, and the one truck. Don't forget, Brett, I know you had a biscuit. We would like to thank Bojangles for providing us with breakfast this morning. Brett Griffin, spotter for colleague racing had uh daniel hemrick on saturday justin haley on sunday and we managed to wreck both days uh what's up freddie craft spotter for bubba wallace lanny castle Derek kraus i'm in a bad mood why yeah why because i thought we were in position to win and we didn't so you do a better job i guess i've got something that might make you in a better mood i doubt it yeah go get i think you might is it alcohol i might drink it right now Happy birthday, Casey Boat. Yep, tomorrow. When you hear this, 
She's getting ready to go to bed. Chad's probably rubbing her feet, giving her a pedicure. Um, Only if she's sitting in a micro. How's it feel uh, to be 40? Yeah, and if I'm at Millbridge, maybe. Oh, you know what? I was actually going to get you a cupcake for today. Uh, was. Well, why would you was say it if it. you didn't do it? Oh, it was a thought that counts. Somebody got good bourbon. Come to Hang on now. Jesus. Yeah, you give me the good stuff. What the hell? a boy. E.H. Taylor, single barrel from Chase. Which Chase? To Freddie and Brett. Thanks for... Oh, my name's first. Thanks for last. <laughs> See, mine's first. I just said yours first to be nice. Thanks for last every week. Seems like you two genuine great guys. Yeah, we fake it till we make it. You're always able to make me laugh even during hard times. Split this however you want, but none for TJ. No TJ. That's good. You ain't got to worry. worry about that. Man, this is amazing. This is the best best gift I've got today. It's the best half a gift you got today. Yeah, I'll split this with you. <laughs> the only my half's on the bottom, just so you know. Yeah, so I got. Freddie, do you want to start drinking that now? Uh, yeah, I got. Uh, we got some Tim Smith Southern Reserve whiskey. Never had that before. And some uh, Jack Daniels single barrel select. Fired. TJ hands off. It's not for you. Shut up, Jason. Ooh. You drink White Claw, so. Yeah, I might bring both of those bottles this afternoon. It'll be fun. It's good stuff right there. Buffalo Trace's finest. Well, Freddie, uh, while you're on the topic, tell us a little bit about that, the final laps of that race. Uh, you know, I just we, it kind of worked out exactly how we wanted it to, and I thought we were right where we needed to be. The, the second-place car, or I shouldn't say the second-place car, but the leader was kind of a sitting duck Saturday, both races, so... When we got to the lead, I wasn't super pumped about it with seven, eight to go. And you guys were dicing it up. Yeah, bottom line started coming, and I knew that William was probably the best car. The 24 was was really good all day long, and um, he got the bottom line rolling again, and I wasn't really upset when they got in front of us because I thought, I said to Bub on the radio, I said, I think this is where we want to be anyway. You know, with, there was like five or six to go, and... uh we were there and we started trying to back up a run, you know, back up to get a run coming to the white and we just couldn't, you know, I, we actually started with two to go trying to back up and just get runs. And, and William was doing a really good job of backing up with us to kind of, you know, kind of neutralize our run. Uh, last lap coming to the white, the one bailed on the 12. So we had to kind of pull down and block that momentum, block the one to the bottom, block the one back to the top standard kind of, you guys tell me if I'm wrong, but like, feel like daytona talladega you block two runs like that you've kind of neutralized their run they're not going to have a lot of momentum coming back at you and the one was still able to pull out and and get inside of us what are we talking about right now i, don't know, I zoned out for a minute and definitely came back in at the wrong part um, <laughs> again tj keep, keep, keep a comment from tj saying so, you're not to cut that out yeah <laughs> so you know i don't listen to freddie's life story here <laughs> the, the, like we're uh, listening to I'm good. Let's just go ahead. <laughs> well, <laughs> so we got, we got, we didn't, we missed a block on the one, pulled back up in front of Blaney, and uh, Blaney was just getting shoved by the 14. Chase, obviously, doing everything he can on the last lap. I don't know how I could fault him for kind of shoving the 12 through the back of us. And it was just a timing thing. When they got to us, it was right that on was the entry, on entry to one. one, right? Yeah, right at the entry to one, where it's just, you know, probably the worst possible place where they can get to you, right on entry. Just loosened us up. The three of us all went up the hill, and then we were going to recover, finish sixth, seventh, and uh, Brett over here got dumped on the bottom. And, I mean, that was the hardest I've ever hit Bubba's hit the wall. Um, 
you know, people talk about Pocono yesterday, but the abrupt stop he came to yesterday, I knew he was going to be, the, the wind was going to be knocked out of him pretty bad, and he could not talk for, I don't know, a minute, minute and a half or so. He was, I could hear him trying to catch his breath, and I know everybody on the team was worried. People, fans were worried, but he was, I knew he was okay because he was trying to talk to me. It was just, he couldn't catch his breath, and I was like, all right, just calm down, catch your breath. We're all right here. And then, you know, obviously sucked, but it's just super frustrating. Feel like you're in position to win all these damn plate races and, and just don't get it done. So I don't know if that's my fault, his fault. We made the comment that we thought California was treacherous and I was afraid Atlanta would be dangerous. And holy cow, massive hits by a lot of guys. Noah Gragson started the race with a massive hit. Obviously, the, the wreck Freddie's talking about, Justin Haley was in. Justin, the first thing he said to me on the airplane is, that's the hardest I've ever hit the wall. I'm hurting all over. And when you look at how hard Bubba hit, Noah hit, Justin hit, I'm glad they walked away because I was worried that we may see guys get injured at that racetrack. And thankfully, everybody walked away from it. But holy massive hits. Yeah, there were some really hard hits. I don't think um, all of them said it was one of the hardest hits they've ever had. Um, I've pretty much heard that from all the drivers. But, you know, also... Yeah, it was a hard hit, but these guys are walking to the airplanes. You know, these guys are safe. Probably going to be a little sore. I mean, I remember back in the day, I was watching a race on TV, and I think Kenny Schrader had flipped over, and they did an interview with him after he came out of the care center. He already had a black eye. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like that, I, I always remember that as a kid. Um, that's one interview that I, that always stood out to me, but seeing these guys walk away from those hard hits and they're going to be sore today, I'm sure. But, you know, they're going to go and and they're going to race next week. So Here's the thing about this package, okay? This was a brand new package, brand new surface, all the things, right? We unveiled on this show years ago that NASCAR was going to try a low horsepower, high downforce, high drag, big spoiler package in an all-star race. And that yesterday, what we saw... That's, that was it. That What we saw yesterday is what NASCAR wanted that Years package ago. to race yeah. like. Yeah, that's what we thought it was going to be. And all I'm going to say is thank God it didn't because we don't have enough cars and we don't have enough money to do that every week. But, 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 let me say this about it. If I were in control of NASCAR, and this is going to make some people in the industry mad, because I thought yesterday was a pretty fun race to watch. I thought as a spotter, it was very frustrating. If I were a driver, I would have been very frustrated. And we even said about that package they unveiled, the 550, years ago, that if this thing races like they want it to race, the Kevin Harvick's of the world and the Matt Kenseth's of the world and those older guys are going to be like, F- you guys, I'm leaving. I'm not doing this every week. And after seeing that race yesterday, I stand by what I said, but I will say this. Michigan and the All-Star Race – we need to run that package because Texas all-star race weekend is going to be a boring single file, not entertaining race. And that race was a lot of things yesterday. Entertaining was one of them. Do I want to see all those wrecks? Absolutely not. Do I want to be frustrated racing? I really don't, but it was something to watch. We saw a lot of lead changes. We saw all the things that you could realistically want in a race. Michigan is one of our best racetracks. And with the, what we went to for a rules package there, we ruined that freaking place after they paved it. So 
take me back to Michigan with four or five lanes because my biggest complaint yesterday was we only had two lanes, and once we were too wide, we were clogged. You couldn't make a lot of things happen. It became a track position game. Did Brad Keselowski screw me one time yesterday? Yep. Ricky Stenhouse screwed me? Yep. But in general, once you got in position, you kind of stayed there until a pit cycle happened and or a crash happened. Um, But I am thankful that NASCAR's rule package years ago when they tried to make us pack up that it didn't work because we don't have enough cars to do that. And I'm not talking about with a car shortage situation. I'm talking about you logistically can't not have to bring a, sp- a brand new car every single week, Freddie. I don't have enough batteries to spot like that every week. I mean, that was, I don't know about you guys. I was talking probably twice as much as I did at Daytona. Like I went through seven or eight batteries yesterday alone or th- over the weekend where every uh, normal weekend I might go through three. Um, but yeah, it was wild. You know, at times it got kind of just single file when they felt like not, you know, just riding around kind of like any other plate race. Um, going back to, you know, the hard hits and stuff. Did you guys think that the the front stretch wall, I don't know what the reconfiguration, why it looks so different to me, but I felt like some of the angles were, compared to the, where they painted the white line were, were a little abrupt for, for, you know, being on the front straightaway like that. I felt like there was some like, 30 and 40 degree angles at like the entrance of the trioval. I mean, you know, you know, before the start finish line, maybe just after restart zone and then exit of like where, you know, where the turn one of the road course was, it just looked to me like the angles of the wall were a little bit different compared to where they've been in years past. And I could be wrong. I just, for some reason it stood out to me yesterday. I don't think they changed that at all. I, well, we've never had a line, a distinct line that we had to follow, which you know? caused yeah. which caused the final wreck. By the way, if we didn't have that stupid line rule, we would not have had that final wreck. Justin Haley was on the bottom. Chris Busher was forcing us below the line, and Justin had to make a decision: hold my line or wreck him. And we held our line and we wrecked him. And, and if we had been able to blend down, because there's asphalt there a lot of asphalt there. If we'd able to blend down and let him make that move and force us below the line without a penalty, we wouldn't have had that wreck. So in my mind, that last wreck where three guys hit extremely hard was because of the freaking line rule that's trying to prevent wrecks. But it is what it is. I'm not sure we would have been down there a bunch with the cup cars anyway. Uh, we race smart till the end, honestly. I mean, considering. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with that. I think the I think <laughs> trucks and stuff are going to be all over the place. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they could have brought the wall closer so it's not maybe more round instead of the dog leg. Since you don't have a dog leg as much anymore, maybe they could have rounded them. Yeah, just round the line off. Yeah, yeah cut, cut some of the corner off out by the wall because we dealt, everybody cut it a little bit, so you didn't really need it there. Um, but I know any any front stretch, any front stretch with a track, you know, that's curved like that, and you get hooked in the right rear, it's... it's even even at a Kansas or something, when you, you get hooked there, there's still the outside wall is not forgiving much there. This never seems like a good angle. Uh, Vegas is scary. You can get hooked at Vegas on the front stretch. That that's at the tough place. One to, of the worst wrecks I've ever seen. And I, I'm not trying to take us down on some morbid path, but we were at an ARCA race in Charlotte, and uh, Blaze Alexander he got he and Kerry Earnhardt were racing their tails yeah, off there. for the win. And Blaze got turned at a really bad angle, Freddie, to your point, and where he hit around start finish. Oh man, I thought I was gonna vomit. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that <clears throat> impact of that wreck was was hard to watch. So I, man, I, I feel you. I, it, it's just man, like you said, if we're if we're gonna be plate racing, I don't think we need that freaking dog leg like that or whatever that, that whatever you want to call that thing. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, not to and 
to touch on something else about yesterday's race. We've beat this horse to death on here. 500 miles of that was my God. Yeah, that's we didn't need four hours of that yesterday. You know, that was no. that was, an, that was a four hour race. That that's in that's insanely too long. In my, <laughs> I mean, just a lot, really a ton. Like, I mean, did it, if I was, how was it at home? Like, did it feel like? Yeah, it made me think. If you're trying to attract a new audience, no one's committing four hours. You're not going to get people to watch that entire I, race. You've I want to say our race was longer than the Formula One race and the IndyCar race combined. Yeah. I mean, I, I like longer races, but that's too long. Like that, I like the Daytona 500 being, that's a, you know, that, that earns it. The 600, um, it's unique. Them ones are unique. This 500 deal here with like that the whole time, holy smokes, man. Well, man, if you see, right, if you're the network and you want people to watch, you know, if you get 4 million viewers for four hours, like we're saying it's too long, but I promise you the network ain't saying it's too long. Because they're selling ads for four hours. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was definitely exciting. Just by like one lap one thirty, there were more lead changes. If you had bought a ticket, two, year, two races of last year. If you had bought a ticket for hundred and forty bucks and you had sat in those stands, would you have thought a race was too long? I know we all thought it was too long, but if I were a fan and I'd spent hundred and forty bucks. And Chase Elliott's leading, and Blaney's up there dicing it up, and Bubba's getting wrecked, and Byron's winning, and I don't think a fan that yeah, was there thought it was too long. Probably not. I mean, if you're there hanging out with a bunch of buddies, I don't think it matters if it's a six-hour race. Hell, they go to they go to twelve hours of Sebring and love it. I yeah. mean, yeah, I, you know, I, I mean, you know, my buddy, I just think it's too long. Like Freddie says, it's too long for that style of racing. My buddy Clark Cox was there. He's a big Gamecock guy. Um, lives in Columbia. A friend of mine, and he was there for the whole weekend, and he didn't think it was too long. I got, I can't tell you how many tweets and messages I got that that was the longest race they've ever watched. Well, I think on the broadcast, it's hard because you do take breaks for commercials. So, I mean, you're, you're, you are missing some of the action that those at the track get to see. Speaking of broadcast, did you see Clint's tweet where he went at that guy saying, lay down, this is the awesome racing. Clint Boyer, the race car driver, would have been literally screaming at the top of his lungs had he been in that pack, oh, yeah. running seventh and trapped in two-by-two two lanes. He would have been the most irate individual in the state of Georgia. But Clint, the TV guy, is like, oh, this is awesome. I love how they switch gears when they put a freaking tie on instead of a helmet. Which, oh, by the way, why is Clint Boyer ever wear a tie? He shouldn't wear a tie. He don't even know how to tie tie. I'm sure it's mandatory. He's from Kansas. It's probably a clip-on. It is a clip-on? One of those clip-on ties? I mean, or he has somebody there to everybody, make sure his tie Everybody, male Clint Boyer, a clip-on tie right now to, to his house. We'll you you, when, you walk by, when you walk by those booths, they got those clothes racks in there. Those guys just come on up there and... They don't need guys in suits and freaking ties calling NASCAR races. Everybody in the infield's got mud all over their butts. And cut off jean shorts, and these dudes are in suits and ties. Come on. Did you see how many people were buying a DBC diecast last week? I did. I can't believe, Jason. I can't I can't figure out if they're buying the diecast because of us or because Justin's signing the diecast. Which one do y'all think it is? Well, everyone wants y'all to sign it too, so Yeah. I think Justin's signature is I just bought mine. <laughs> I know Mike's giving us one too as part of our our deal, but it, the best part about the whole diecast situation is we finally got a pin tweet on Dirty Mo Media. I know. Well, it might you're, be. You're welcome. I don't know. Uh, I also did it like three weeks ago, and you didn't notice. I didn't notice, I, I and, did. and you only left it up for like two hours because I may have been told that. Then it was like, "Hey, Dale Junior, <laughs> Dale Junior farted. We got to put a new Dale Junior tweet." Who told up. you to change it? 
Who do you think? Mike, Mike Davis. Davis. <laughs> yeah, he does. He did. He does not want us to be the biggest deal. Around. No. Well, yeah. your heads are already big enough. And so, so we made a t-shirt with them on it. <laughs> yeah, just to add to it. RacingUSA.com's got a DBC diecast t-shirt now, so go check it out. That diecast is awesome. Yeah, so the diecast sold so good that now we get t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. we're killing it. Thanks. So, uh, I think that your confidence was already big enough pre-paint scheme that at this point, I mean, you probably won't fit in the studio anymore. I'm just waiting on stand-ups to come out next, Casey. <laughs> At the seriously? rate we're going, yeah, seriously. No, I don't think they make them that short and fat. Like we don't like. <laughs> I don't think we they, like every stand up. They I've never, seen is like six it feet definitely tall. Definitely will not fit in a house. Let's Dude, just say they, that. they always them stand ups are never correct anyway. Because <laughs> I can't tell you how many times that I've we I've walked into a gas station with Del Junior. He walks by his stand up and the thing's like four inches taller than what he is. <laughs> like that's not right. I just I love know, our fans because our fans <laughs> It'd be just like that. Our fans sold out the Las Vegas experience in 24 hours when we had to extend that ticket package and then they freaking sold out the diecast in 24 hours. That was awesome. We had to extend that package, right? So the allocations, man, it's uh, you guys are awesome. I have to say I met quite a few people at the track and a few people who went to Vegas and they were asking when the next one was. They were like, can we do this every weekend? All they got to do so is listen to Mike the Dale Davis. Jr. download tomorrow and Mike Davis is going to tell them. I think Mike sent the teaser out. He's got something fun coming and you guys are going to love these two. It's two good ones. Let's hear a little bit more about our presenting sponsor, OfferPad. Are you in the market to sell your home and buy a new one? Well, you're in luck because we know some people. OfferPad.com is the easiest and most convenient way to sell your home. Once you take five minutes to tell OfferPad about your home, the process gets moving quickly. After you submit that form, OfferPad will send you a no-obligation cash offer within 24 hours. It's an awesome different way to do real estate. Whether you take the cash offer or list your home with OfferPad, you can sell your way. There are so many perks of selling with OfferPad. A strong cash offer, sell without listing, no showings, pick your own closing day, a free local move, a three-day extended stay. What more could you want, TJ? Oh, we just finished racing in Atlanta where OfferPad has a market. If you're looking to move to a great town with lots to see and do, OfferPad can make it happen. Or if you're looking to move around the Atlanta area, OfferPad can help you do that too and provide that free local move. We're now heading to Texas to race at Circuit of the Americas and OfferPad has a market in Austin, Texas too. If you live there and wanting to make a move, use OfferPad. Man, I love Austin, Texas. When asked where you heard about OfferPad, make sure you select the NASCAR option so they know we sent you. Spot on, spot off. It goes like this. Spot on means you agree. I'm spot on. Are you joking me? He's lost his mind. Oh, and by the way, no one ever seems to agree. And then spot off means you disagree. Spot off. Uh, here we f-ing go. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But if you're TJ, um, uh, uh, there's only one correct answer. I don't know. It's time for spot on, spot off. First topic. No one is able to make a run on and pass William Byron in the final laps. Spot on, spot off. TJ. Uh, spot on for him putting himself in that position. I mean, I think they were side by side behind him, weren't they? 
Uh, not for the last 10 laps or so. Just the last lap. No, I'm saying, side side. like, yeah, well, when, when they get side by side behind you, that's what you want to see as a leader. I've been in front of some plate races like that. As soon as they get side by side and you're leading, it's like, thank the Lord. You, you could know. tell he, he broke away when they were side by side. Oh, yeah. And he did have the fastest car, I think, all day. Every time, him and the one, I think, were the two best cars. And every time they made a move, it was like, well, there he goes, you know, and they could kind of do what they wanted. But yeah, you know, can spot on for William getting it done, had the best car and in, in my opinion, and the best car won. So that's the driver and the team all doing their jobs correctly. Yeah. I mean, from our standpoint, we didn't want to make a run on him until the last lap. Uh, we were trying to just control the line behind us and keep us second behind him. Like I said, you know, all weekend, the Maybe leader, he should have been leading. Maybe. You know, the leader had been a sitting duck all day Saturday, so I didn't think I wanted to be in the lead. Unless they get racing. And then, uh, you know, the one, like I said, the one got next to us, and that pretty much, like TJ said, handed William the win there. We were never, even when we got side-by-side and then we got wrecked, somebody else, I think the 20, went below the line and ended up getting side-by-side with the one, and it was over. Like, like, like you, you just can't generate a run when you're side-by-side like that, especially without anybody really pushing you. So yeah, good. Congrats to them. Um, like just the unknowns of you know not what what not to expect here in this situation because we it's not exactly like plate racing. I mean, it looked a lot like plate racing, but the runs generated differently, and and it's just just the unknowns of it. And then he he worked out well for him. Once we saw one to go, we knew nobody was lifting. We knew everybody was going to push as hard as they could. That's what caused the wreck. Um, so it caused Freddie to get wrecked, get guard, or get him out of control going into one. Um, and spot off because I honestly thought that we would see a pass for the lead on last lap if they didn't crash beforehand. So, uh, obviously, William is spotter. Brandon did a good job and won the race, man. That's a, that's a cool race to win. That's another so first how many races have we had. It's a first-time winner for yeah, the spotter. Is that five? Yes. And that's three spotters with their first career wins, right? I don't even remember who five won the other races. Five drivers, yep. Yeah. Who won the Campbell's, other races? Both Campbells. Both Campbells. Brandon. Um, who won the other races? I was I'm sleeping. Anybody got uh, it? Larson, Larson. Oh yeah, yeah. Hell with him. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's it, right? I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, still a great start. Yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, Brett, they can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And, and there's really no shame these days in, in, in getting help when you need it. It can, man. And you got to be careful and uh, you don't want to carry that around by yourself. That's where these guys come in handy. Whether you've been in therapy uh, or new to the process, BetterHelp will give you the tools and to positive thinking and coping skills and how to manage those boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. Therapy is not just for those with major traumas. You know, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out one brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash bumper today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bumper. Ross Chastain, Tyler Reddick, and Ricky Stenhouse all blow right rear tires while leading throughout Sunday's race. Spot on spot on. Can I say that again? No, that's the best part about it. That makes it better when you when you do that. Oh, Ross Chastain, Tyler Reddick, and Ricky Stenhouse all mm. blow right Mm-mm. rear tires while Mm-mm. leading throughout Sunday's race. 
Freddy, spot on, spot Cut off. that one out. <laughs> uh, spot off for them. You know, uh, we saw this with some of the Chevys. Obviously, these three guys are Chevys. Uh, I, I would assume, not being a technical guy, uh, that it has to do with either ca- right rear camber or right rear air pressure. We used to see this a lot back in the day with the right front tires, now with independent suspension in the rear. So I assume that they were just either running a little too low on air to start or just had a little too much camber in the right rear. And we saw the same window kind of, you know, whatever it was, 30, 40 laps, if they would blow right rear tires. So uh, we kind of were worried about it there towards the end of the run with William. But luckily, I guess HMS maybe didn't, you know, they were, we never saw any problems with the HMS cars. So we were a little more confident behind them. But it was definitely in the back of our minds that, hey, we're following a Chevy here and they haven't had a good track record out front. But I would just assume that it was either right rear camber or air pressure issues. Uh, Ross Chastain has led the most laps he's ever led in his life this year already. He's got a third, a second, and a second in his last three races. Obviously, lights out for those guys. I did not see those guys coming out and leading 80-plus laps at a track and then 40-plus laps at a track. Um, I think to your point about the right rear tire, that's the only tire that was really wearing a lot yesterday. So I think on some of those longer runs, that leader's out there you know, ripping, and I think that's why that right rear goes down. It wasn't if had it been three tires in the same organization, I would have been like, ah, they're doing something. But you look at an RCR car, you look at a track house car. Who was the other one? Stenhouse, uh, JTG car. Obviously, all Chevrolets, but nonetheless, our right rear tire was given loose. But man, uh, shout out to to Ross Chastain for for having a, a killer freaking last three races. I didn't see that coming out of those guys. Um, that whole team track house has dominated. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say dominated. I mean, they've been you up gotta, front. You got to win to dominate. They've been up front. Um, but no, I mean, look, man, I think when you look at, well, what do, what do we talk about all the time on here? We talk about tire wear and we talk about tires, tires that need to matter. And when you have guys blowing right rear tires, that's a big deal. Like, and I love it. I don't, I don't have an issue with that. Uh, spot off for the tore up cars. Cause you don't like to see that, especially at this point. Um, but I think the, the hardest part for me, TJ is, you know, I'm back there running anywhere from 15th to 20th when, uh, Ross had his issue and I'm like not really watching the leader because they were single file in the yeah. front. And so I see everybody start checking up and I'm uh, like, same area. Why are they wrecking? So then I start keep up talking. Justin's like, you're about a half second late on that. I'm like, yeah, no. I didn't expect the leader to wreck by himself yeah. running, running the freaking to top of one and two when we're back there 20 and two and three wide. You know, I had the same thing in three and four. Luckily, I, I, I was looking at Ross when it happened. I was looking up there when it happened. And where we stand, like three and four, like I wasn't using my binoculars a lot in one and two, but I was having to use them in three and four because yeah. we're offset so much to turn one that three and four is way further away. And we had just gotten into a little pack back there at the back where we're, we're too wide, but we're 20th again. And that's when Ricky blew his tire and Bubba's like, are you using binoculars? I said, yeah. He's like, I can tell because you were a little late there. And I was like, yeah, there's nothing I, you know, I'm doing the best I can. Like, I'm trying to judge these runs because the stack ups in front of us were crazy at the same time. So you're trying to like key in on that, you know, that little panoramic view you got. And you, like you said, you don't anticipate the leader who's single file up front by himself. Yeah, just, just spinning out. Something happened. You know? Yeah. I don't think, um, I hate to see cars get tore up, but I, I think it's more of a, you know, um, aggressive in areas. That's what I think. I mean, I'm, I don't know, but I think it's them being aggressive in certain areas. That's my guess. It's random. Yeah, it's but it's also 
I mean, those are probably cars that I would that I would see push the limit. You know what I mean? I, I I don't know. It could be tire. It could be. But I don't think Goodyear had an issue. I think Goodyear had a good tire. Spot on, spot off. Kyle Busch says, "Yep." When asked if this type of racing is making him more of an entertainer than a driver, Jason, you want to play audio? And here's the interview he gave to Dustin Long at the back of his trailer during the uh, Cup race after he was out yesterday. This type of racing, is it making you more an entertainer than a driver? Yep. And then he took his hat off and threw it at his PR person. Could you imagine needing a job and having to go be Kyle Busch's PR representative? Now hiring Kyle Busch's PR representative. Who wants this job? And Joe Gibbs is walking out of the hall right behind him during the interview as he stormed off. Yep. Nope. Uh, spot on for his for his interview because I thought it was highly entertaining. Um, like I said earlier in the show, these guys were frustrated and they're not going to do this every single week. They don't have to. Not guys like Kyle Busch. Guy like William Byron, absolutely. He ain't got hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank. Kyle Busch is already very wealthy. But these guys are uh, <laughs> these guys were frustrated and rightfully so. I mean, Kyle Busch is sitting there. He's the second car in line. Uh, in his line, they're coming to end the stage, and Austin Dillon just gets loose and flat out wrecks. You know, did Denny Hamlin have a hand in that? Yeah, probably because he pulled off of Austin's butt, probably got him a little light, and then Kyle packed a little air. Next thing you know, Austin ran out of talent and wrecked, and Kyle just got swept up in it. And Kyle had an extremely fast car all weekend. Now he was, he was loose. Fast, yeah. He was loose to start the race once he got up there in the lead. I saw him dancing on his right rear. But he had a fast car, so not only was he frustrated because the racing was probably getting on his nerves, he also tore up a really fast race car. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not popular with you know the fans' this opinion, but I like I'd be I'd be glad to never spot a race like that ever again. I mean, I don't. It's just like Brett said, it was super frustrating. Like you couldn't really go anywhere. The track position was king. Um, you know, we had an amazing pit stop at the end that got us in the front and then we never lost it. Our car was super fast all weekend and we spent probably 150, 200 laps. I felt like running around 20th because we just got back there and, and Bubba the one time they were, I think it was when I forget Reddick maybe spun out, I think, and caused a big wreck. And Bubba's like, this is getting a little, you know, we were 15th or so. And he's like, let's just get the hell out of here. Like, I don't want to be here. So we bailed to the back and they all wrecked, so now we're in the back, and then we spent the next, like, literally 150 laps back there just kind of riding around because there's nowhere to go. They kind of get single file up front. Maybe there's a, a pack of three or four cars on the bottom that doesn't go anywhere past, like, ninth or 10th. Um, it's just and, – and the biggest thing that was getting me yesterday was just the abrupt checkups that were, like, seemed like they came out of nowhere. Like, it'd be, well, we'd all be good in the three and the good in the three. I spotted more of that than anything yeah, else. Yeah, like, it would just be, you know, you know you're, you're talking, you're telling, like, part of our job is telling the driver how much room the car in front of them has in front of them. So it's like, you know, one out the front, one, it tight, tight, you know, because like, they would just stop, you know, like, speaking so. Of, speaking of checkups, can we bring up how stupid the 34 and the 38 were yesterday? Oh, there's a segment later I was going to bring when, it up. When, when, we the, talk about it when, when the pack, the pack is too wide. Okay, the racetrack is two and a half lanes wide, and we catch two teammates, the 34 and the 38. One decides to run the top. The other one decides to go where? The bottom. To the bottom. So guess what you leave? One lane open for freaking two wide traffic coming at you. And then the 38, not only did he do something stupid by not getting in the same lane as his teammate, then he hit the freaking wall. And then he freaking about right-reared me and turned me head on into the wall. God bless Cody Ware's heart because he hit a freaking ton on that inside wall because of the 38. So 
Like, I don't know what you spotters and what you drivers are saying to each other in that scenario, but it was the wrong thing. I was I I literally saw us catching this. I was like, this cannot be happening because these are two veteran spotters. This is Michael McDowell who should know how to handle this situation and a rookie who surely to God has enough information to know what to do in this situation. Like how how this this literally looks like an ARCA race. Yeah, and like I, McDowell was multiple laps down, so it wasn't like he was trying to get the lucky dog right there. And I don't think you know. I, I don't, when we when we were coming up on them, you know, you kind of same thing. I'm sure you guys do. I told Bubba like, there's two on the bottom. They're kind of hooked up, but they're 20 out the front. All right, they're 10 out the front. Holy, <laughs> they just split lanes. Like same thing. I said. Know, like now it's like you got to follow wherever the 24 goes. Go with him. And we all went through the middle, but I'm sure but by you the were time in the front. Yeah, yeah. By the time they got back to that tenth or so where they were too wide, then it's it's just a wreck. Oh yeah. You know, I was back in there when that was happening. It was awesome. I don't. I don't get it. That was that was high on my list of what an idiot candidates. I don't know. I don't even know whoever pulled to the top was the idiot. I don't know who that was. Was thirty eight? I couldn't remember who which car did what, but I just know that they it was it was about as dumb as it gets. <laughs> we still talking about Kyle? <laughs> Are we done with that? <laughs> you can talk about yeah, it. Yeah, go for ah, it. Spot on for Kyle being Kyle. His interviews are always. I mean, I want to watch them, but they're they're interesting. So spot on. Myatt Snyder says, I should have whipped his ass last year about Riley Herbst after Snyder stayed out for a late restart on the front row with sparks shooting out of his car in the Xfinity race. Spot on, spot off, TJ. I don't understand this. Why should he have, why, like, why does he want to fight Riley? Well, Riley, Riley wrecked him. Ish. He wrecked him ish. He was inside, and Riley was inside of Maya. Maya came down, and then Riley was like, see ya. Hmm. I'm confused. Is is Myatt going to say this same thing next year when Riley does something that he should have whooped his ass this year? Like, stop talking about it. Either whoop his ass or shut the up. That's the end of it. My God, I should have whooped his ass. Well, go do it. Jesus. I mean, I, just, you know, on the other side of the fence, I don't think you should have restarted the race where you were at with a car throwing sparks. Well, I, but I don't think it was. I, I think they, they had issues the whole time and I, he got rolling fine. And I don't really know what I, I, I guess, you know, Riley was panicking because he saw the sparks. But I like there was him too. when you get to that corner, yeah, heck, but who knows not, where that guy is going to go. Where what are you going to do for yourself there? Where's the top line going to be by the time you get around to 31? Where are you going? Where are you going to be when that guy goes sideways in the corner or something breaks? Shove him. Get him out of your way. I can at tell that you point. this. They're not supposed to spark. Well, the, I, think, I think that look under me, yellow, under 55 mile an hour, you're sparking. It's going to be really bad at 175 or 80. I looked to me like I think he was just dragging a sway bar because like oh, cause when that comes up, off, that doesn't do anything. Don't well, worry about I, that. It might not come I mean, off. Now, is that something you think that he his team should have told him to pull off or NASCAR I mean, should have told him to? No. Well, then there's, what there's, was... There's, what I've was seen there, worse. What was there left? I've seen worse. Well, but. If there was 50 to go, yeah, get get out of the way. What was there, three to four to go? I'm yeah. not pulling off then. I mean, I would have probably risked it all right there, but... You know, I mean, you, like it's probably his only shot to get into playoffs right there, you know, or his best shot to get into playoffs. Um, no, I'm not pulling off, especially like if you if you don't know what it is and you just see sparks and you feel like you've had an issue all race, and you could probably, they probably had a good idea of what it was. So, you know, just, hey, go for it, but I don't know. But so did I'm Maya just, whip his ass after the race? I'm pretty sure nothing happened after the race. I don't know. Maybe I missed it. But he and didn't whip his ass last year. He didn't whip his ass last year. And he, he didn't whip his ass whip his ass Saturday. No, so maybe next year he'll talk about how he wants to whip his ass. He should have whipped his ass this year. I don't know. Huh. 
Weird. <laughs> next God. topic's going to be a good one. <laughs> spot on, spot off. Corey Heim wins the truck race after lap teammate John Henry Machek pushes Heim past their other teammate, Chandler Smith. And Smith says, Jason. Chandler Smith said a lap truck, who was his teammate John Hernimacek, just shoved a guy out that won the race and then blocked everyone else that had a run. I get it. We're teammates. We're trying to help him out, but you f***ed your other teammate. Spot on, spot off, Brett. Freddie, what glasses do you have on for this? Uh, I still don't have my sunglasses from John Hunter. So. John, they're reading glasses. He's going to get you. John Hunter Nemechek with the biggest bag of the move award of the year. Congratulations. We're four or five races into this season, and you've already won this thing and locked up the title for the year. At two laps down, when there were two laps to go, you should have bailed out of the draft and said, hey, you boys race for the win. I don't deserve to be a part of this conversation today. You can't win a lucky dog. You can't get a wave around because they're not going to pit if the caution comes out. Why would you insert yourself into this scenario and and be that guy. And and look, I get it. We're racing. His teammates are up there. Yeah, you're not lying. He helped one teammate and screwed the rest of them. Like, I don't know why you think you deserve to be a part of the race for the win. Because you don't. You're two laps down. Sorry. You're crazy. I'm all for it. Who won the race? The teammate Corey, he helped. <laughs> KBM won. Because of John Hunter Nemechek. Your job, in my opinion, is win the race for your team. If you can't win the race, make sure your team wins the race. And that's what he did. They didn't have to let him in line. They, they, they you know, he side drafted his way in the line. They could have hung him out and tried harder to hang him out earlier. But hey, listen, this is what you have teammates on the racetrack for. We've seen teammates help teammates in the past. We saw Denny Hamlin, I think, was it the clash a couple years ago? Laps yeah, down, yeah. push Eric, Eric Jones. Jones. Yeah. Eric Jones was wrecked, and Denny got behind him and pushed him to the win. You know, I, I'm all but for that's it. A, you know, that, that's, now, a, that's a, a fun race as but, well. But here, here's the problem. Listen, and I'm all for this too. You just painted a huge, huge target on your back. Because Brett said it is a head thing to do. <laughs> you know, you, it, it is. You know, you're 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 definitely going to paint a target on your back. And he got this is a guy that almost missed a championship last year, or maybe did. I can't remember. He was was he in the championship four? Yeah, he was. But, yeah, but he, he got wrecked. Problem early. He got wrecked at Martinsville and almost missed it because of the way he races some people. So. Hey, listen, if you're willing to be the bad guy and piss a lot of people off to help your team win, I'm all for it. But his job there was to make sure he won or KBM won and KBM won. And to, to Chandler's point, listen, the 51 had the run. And at that point, the 51 was in the best position to win the race. So that's why he went with him. And that's and and I think if KBM wins the race, John Hunter did his job. Now, whether or not it's popular or whether or not the team, you know, the the competitors are going to like it or the fans are going to like it, I, I would assume not. I didn't I didn't think it was the the smartest thing on his part, but Hey, if that's what he's willing to do, be the bad guy to help his team win. Hey, I'm good with it. I am spot off for it. You're saying, uh, basically you're saying one of them wasn't going to win if he wasn't there. Cause I disagree. I think one of them you, still win. You the don't race. think he helped them win. Yeah, but I think one of them, they're first and second, let them race it out. But did you think he helped them win the race? Uh, yeah, he helped them win. That's all. But I mean, that guy was in the position. They might have won. You're right. They he might was have in the won spot he him. needed to be in to win the race, regardless. 100. Oh, percent But but he definitely helped them win the race. I don't think. Um, I don't like whether teammate or not. I like. I don't like to see lap trucks. You know. You say you hang out. You hang out up there until the white flag comes out. Then, or you know, when you're not going to get the lucky dog or whatever, then you just you get out of the way. You let them guys race it out. In my opinion, that's that's what I would do. You know, that's. I know that's the 
kind of a, a respect thing that that people do. You know, some will do it, some will don't. I mean, not every driver is going to pull over, not every driver is going to push. You know, so that's what he chose to do. And like you said, he's the there's consequences of both things. So he's just going to have to see where that takes it. Last year, we were in this position in the Daytona 500 where we ended up with a loose wheel late in the race and ended up a lap down. And we were in that single file train of whatever it was, 10, 12 cars. And we were a lap down. We were the only one in there a lap down. So we were in the position for the lucky dog. So we were kind of just hanging out, waiting. And I said, just sit back here because there's no bottom line. So when, if the Toyotas go down there, Danny, there wasn't many Toyotas left, I'm sure, but. Danny was in the like two cars ahead of us. I'm like, we're here to help the 11 right now. Like if he goes somewhere, we're going to go with him. And then by the time we took the white, I knew we couldn't get a lucky dog and the, the runs just weren't general, you know, generating. We, we kind of bailed to the bottom, ended up still getting in a wreck, but we just, we were kind of bailing out halfway down a backstretch. And, but you know, that was just because there wasn't nobody to help really. If, if Danny had gone to the bottom, I'm sure we would have been right up his ass trying to push him as far as we could. So you know, like I said, if you're there to, to, for one, make sure the John Hunter's there to make sure the four truck wins. If the four truck don't win, four truck finished 24th. His job is to make sure or do what he can to help make the 18 down. and the 51 win. His best finish of the year is 24th. Second across the line. 24th, 25th, <laughs> 24th, and two laps down. Hey, like I said, that's definitely unpopular, but listen, I don't, I don't have any issues with it as long as you don't mind being the bad guy. Moving on to Freddie's favorite person in the world. In response to Jenner Fryer's thread about Texas Motor Speedway's lack of effort for the IndyCar race, Denny Hamlin tweets, Tracks are taking all the money yet not reinvesting it back into their facilities. If teams just showed up with fenders ripped off and junk pit equipment or pit boxes, NASCAR would have a serious problem with that. Why can't we treat the tracks the same? Brett, spot on, spot off. Look, man, I... uh. I'm going to go down a, a path here. You can have my time on this, um, too, because I don't need it. You can just take mine. I, I mean, look, man, well, the first time I went to Kentucky Speedway, I was expecting to roll in because Kentucky Speedway wasn't that old when we went there for the first time with the Cup Series. I never went to watch a, a an Xfinity Series race, but I rolled into there, and this facility is disgusting. It's not clean. It's It's never been pressure washed. There's crap everywhere. Like, I could not believe that we were going to charge fans $100 plus to come to this place that wasn't great. And, and so when I look at our sport from a facilities perspective, like, I mean, look, we just saw the Raiders build this amazing, amazing venue out in Las Vegas. Right? So, so like, I mean, when I go to these other sporting events, and look, I love sporting events. I go every chance I get. Um, I, I get – I'm on I'm on Team Denny with this, man. I get upset when I go to racetracks and I see cigarette butts from three years ago in the corner and a spider web. And and look, man, I was at Daytona. Okay, we spent four hundred million dollars. Did you hear how much I just said? Four hundred million dollars to renovate Daytona. All right. I get there this year and I love working with our guys at Daytona, but I spent an enormous amount of money in my mind on behalf of our sponsor to host fifty guests in a suite. I get outside, and the patio furniture is rusted. I have to send a member of my team to a freaking Hobby Lobby or somewhere, a Michaels, to get freaking tablecloths to cover up their nasty tables. Like, you have the ability to store this stuff and keep it nice. Or if you don't, take the money I just gave you for this year and go buy me new tables, right? So I think from a facilities perspective, We've got to offer our fans the cleanest, nicest, 
amenities that we can. How many people yesterday had problems using their cell phones? How much money did you spend on asphalt? Maybe you should have put a second cell phone tower out there, right? So I am all about the fan experience. There's a lot of places in our sport that need facelifts, right? When I go to Darlington, man, and I'm in the suite and turn three, I don't have an issue because I feel like this suite has a lot of nostalgia in it. I feel like I'm back in the 80s. You know why? Because it's been well-maintained. It's clean. But when we go to some of these tracks, they're not keeping up with the times. And that's just the way it is. That's the way I am from a fan guest experience perspective. If we're going to charge premium dollars for these people to come do these things, Las Vegas Motor Speedway, we charged a premium dollar to have a sweet experience. How was that sweet, Jason? It was awesome. Yeah, it was very nice. It was very nice. We had the prettiest suite as anybody could have in the mm. state of Nevada that particular day and time. That's how I go about my business. That's how I run my events. We've got to treat the whole experience that same way. You know, yesterday, I don't know if anybody besides me and Brett saw this, but you talk about like tracks need to be held to a higher standard. And the line to get into the track yesterday was absurd. Quarter mile long. It was absurd. I don't know what happened. Obviously, it's great we have fans there. It's a shame they all had to miss probably the entire pre-race. And I would assume, judging by the length of that line, they were not in there for the green flag because I was going to the roof from where they have little spotters hang out before the race, and there was maybe maybe 20, 30 minutes to the green flag, and there's no way that the guys at the back of that line got in before the green flag happened. I don't know what the problem was. I know one thing. It needs to be resolved before we go back in July when it's 150 degrees outside. Um, but, you know, just like, of course, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Denny's great. Um, and if he's not careful, he's going to get called to the NASCAR hauler pretty soon. Uh, but I don't think he cares. You know, you guys uh, going to go together? Maybe. <laughs> might. They were, the, but, but they were cutting, purpose, cutting purses, and Texas Motor Speedway went and built Big Hoss, the biggest television in the world at the time. Like, you're cutting purses. Why, why, why are we doing that? Well, I'm going to tell you why we did it, to make it an awesome fan experience because we had to have a TV bigger than the one at Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Okay, that's fine, but make the facilities clean. Yeah, I mean, if you let, you know, that was the big, that was the way this thread came from was Jenna talking about, you know, bulbs being out on Big Haas. And then you start reading the fan comments and replies to this, and it was, I'm never going back because the bathrooms were dirty or didn't work or whatever. Like, how does, how does that happen? Here, like, here's what you need. Here's what you need. You need you need Roger Penske. That's what I was just gonna say. All, <laughs> all you need is Roger Penske. Because Indy is phenomenal. The minute that day, the, the minute that guy bought Indianapolis Motor Speedway, yeah. I would eat off the concrete. <laughs> it's so nice. The there. bathroom is. is freaking cleaner than the bathroom. I walked in my out of the house. bathroom there and I said I literally I walked out being like, Wow. And guess what Roger Penske was doing when we got there? He was walking around looking at every single detail of that racetrack. He was in the grandstands. He was in the bathrooms. He was in the concession stands. I saw him with my own eyes. Yeah. This guy was invested in making sure he had a pristine venue. And guess what he had? A pristine venue. Yeah, Roger, that India looks phenomenal there. I mean, the facility, just walking around it, you just, it's just, I mean, it's just nice. Super nice. They did a really good job. There's TVs everywhere now, big TVs all over the place to see everything. Um, you know, one day I want to go to the Indy 500 and experience that event, but I'm sure it's off the charts, the atmosphere there for that. But facility helps do that. Nashville. Know, so. we, we hadn't been in Nashville in a while. When they announced we were going back, I was legitimately nervous. They did a phenomenal job. I thought Nashville making, looked great. Making Nashville ready for us. St. Louis yeah. is on deck. St. Louis is charging a lot of money 
to yeah. do corporate hospitality out there that particular weekend. I've never seen rates as high as what some of the rates they're charging. But guess what? You better have a freaking nice facility or you're going to get on blast with us because you cannot ask people to come out and spend money and spend time and be invested and you not provide them an awesome venue. And every single racetrack we go to should be the nicest racetrack in the world that particular weekend. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, between Kyle's interviews and Denny's tweets, they got stuff covered. I hey, might, that KBM PR department, they're geez, probably having I mean, KBM. We need JGR. them to come on the show together. I might have I to follow could, Denny. Uh... Jeez. <laughs> I might have to follow him pretty soon. We'll perhaps start paying them for all this content they provide us. Yeah, I, I appreciate <laughs> it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. NASCAR is allowing Hendrick Motorsports and Chevy to build a modified next-gen car to compete in the 2023-24 hour of Le Mans and Denny Hamlin says Toyota wasn't invited to the party. DJ, spot on, spot off. I don't know the ins and outs of this. I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. I mean, is there some sort of benefit to it? I have no idea. I know uh, 24 Le Mans is a very big race for a lot of people. It's. Um, Do you think that this looks like NASCAR is playing favorites by picking Hendrick Motorsports to partner with them in this effort. I think that I didn't get that impression, but I didn't initially get that impression. I think that's what Danny is insinuating here, obviously, that there's some kind of collusion between NASCAR and Hendrick and 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 this what is it called? Track attack program is probably not helping that at all right now. Um but you know, obviously that's a whole different deal nowadays, but you know, I I don't know. Maybe there should have been one car per manufacturer. That would have probably been a little more I, I fair, think but. I I think if if you hold a meeting, right? If I if I'm NASCAR and I don't know who headed up this initiative, do we know who headed up this initiative? Okay, let's just say that it's T J Majors. If T J Majors is uh is brass at NASCAR, um and he holds a meeting. I kinda and, am, and, I mean. And he and he says, <laughs> Hey guys, this is what we're going to do with any of y'all like to be a part of this. If they do that, yeah. is any team owner in the garage, do they have any reason to be mad right now? Didn't yeah. They? Hey guys, we should take one of each of us and go here and run. What you're saying, if, 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 if they opened it up and said, does anybody want to do this? And Rick Hendricks, the only one that says, yeah, nobody yeah. has the right to be mad. Maybe it was, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. But I don't know. That's that's what not, I does not sound like that happened. So, so if that happened, then, then he shouldn't be mad. Right. But if, it appears that did not happen, which is why Danny's upset. And 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 if I'm a team owner, right? If if I'm the Dallas Cowboys team owner, and you take my quarterback and you take him off to give him special steroid injections to make him a better football player, but you don't offer it all the other quarterbacks. If I'm an NFL team owner, I'm gonna get mad. So I think that the optics of this are, hey, why wasn't this an open invitation? If we're gonna do this, why did you pick one team? Why are we not picking all of us together? Forming up a group to go. I don't, I, I don't know anything about it, really, but... I was so happy about this announcement because 
I was scared to death when I saw the NASCAR was at the IMSA race at Sebring making an announcement. I was like, please do not tell me we're getting another road course on the schedule. So when I saw this announcement, I was like, oh, thank God, we're good. What if we did a race where they had to do driver changes and stuff? Like a like ten a, hour race, like a twelve hour oval race, or like a or like another three hundred miles at Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, just do five hundred miles at Atlanta. We, I almost, I needed a spotter change. What if we were going to do one of I'm them? I'm going to tell you who ain't spotting a twelve hour race ever. Brett Griffin, never a twenty four hour race. Never. As Freddie would say, that would be absurd, not absurd, but absurd, absurd. absurd. Uh, <laughs> ain't going to happen. I did one twenty four hour race, and that's the last one I'll ever do. When was that? Like a couple years ago? Yeah, right? three or four years ago. Yeah. Every 10 minutes, I looked at Doug Campbell and said, hey, Doug, where the f*** is my car? Uh, it's so hard in the middle of the night, dude. It's so hard. Hey, you never done What's that race? What's mine say? Have you done that race? He did it once. One time. Oh, yeah. In the middle of the night. I, that's the most nervous I've ever been. I literally looked. You know how you scan the track? You look around. I looked back, and all I saw was yellow lights, white lights, and I'm like, <laughs> which one is mine? Oh, my God. And you can't tell. Oh, oh no. but you make $5,000. And I'm like, not you can have my 5000 back, and I'll give you another 5000 to take my ass home. <laughs> and then you start off the weekend with, you know, the guy, oh, we don't need anything. We don't need any info. Do oh, this yeah. all year. And then halfway through the race, I need more info. Like, Spotter, are you there? Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. You told me how to talk. <laughs> yep, that's the guy. <laughs> I had some dude speaking Italy language. That's Italian. <laughs> yeah. I was like, bro, I can't speak Italy. Italy. I don't so, know what, what you just said. So if, you, if you're NASCAR and this opportunity, obviously next year will be the first year this is happening. What do you like? What can you think? Are you speaking would, Italy? <laughs> what can you think would be we can see in the future? Like un cafe, un cappuccino. <laughs> do you see them building building a whole program around this race or even similar I think this races. is a one-off deal. I think this is one-off, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be mad if we went to Sebring. Um, I mean, fans are screaming more short tracks, and Sebring's a lot like a short track. <laughs> so why wouldn't we go try it? <laughs> Sebring's rough. Ugh. I was so I was so happy. I text Brett. I'm like, please tell me we're not getting another short track. I mean, short track. Yeah, God forbid a short track. Another road course. I just want to fly back and forth to the West Coast every week. So. <laughs> My back's still messed up. My back's messed up. My butt hurts. Oh, I didn't tell you. So oh God. I actually. <laughs> oh, God. Wait. <laughs> I did tell. <laughs> Hold on, Jason. Have the button ready. <laughs> I did uh, tell these guys for the show that I felt like Freddie's brother stayed at my house all weekend because I came home last oh, I night. I was going to make you happened? an idiot. What me? happened? One of our uh, three fish were dead, oh. and I proceeded to try to make sure the other two weren't going to expire, and they did. So. Um, but this reminded me because I'm down there fixing this fish tank. I look at the clock in that room and it's like 1115. I'm, or no, it was like 1050. And I'm like, Oh sweet. I got a lot of time left. I didn't fix the clock in that room yet. So. <laughs> I was 11. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was like an hour. Yeah. It was yeah, an hour later. Hour. I, and if I went upstairs and I'm like, Oh, good shit. news. We solved that problem. We don't have to change clocks anymore. That's that was a pressing issue. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad well, I think it might be a few more, and then eventually. Oh, it stops. We, oh, yeah, so, not oh. yet. Oh, there's so the dude. That so I, I'll tell you what else John didn't do when he house that. He didn't get the mail out of my mailbox. I opened the <laughs> mailbox up. <laughs> Damn, John. Bro, you couldn't have fit in a paperclip in my mailbox. That's how much mail was in yeah, it. Yeah, but he, So I don't know what the John did for a week at my house. I know house, what he did. He, he killed your, Fred. He gave Fred mouth to mouth. He killed Fred, and he, he did tried not to revive get, Fred. He dude. did not get the mail. Could you? Can you see? John blowing it. John said Fred had a burial at sea. I don't know if I told you that or not. No. Like Lake Norman Sea? Yeah, Lake, Lake Norman. 
<laughs> for the next time we go swimming. Yeah, Joby's like, where did they bury the Fred at, Dad? And I'm like, oh, over there underneath that pine straw, honey. See where it's kind of moved over? That's where he buried Fred. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think John buried Fred. Your poor kids. <laughs> no, John fed the fish. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Last week was a big week for Door Bumper Clear. We announced that we're sponsoring Justin Allgaier at Dover and selling a 124th scale autographed diecast exclusively at RacingUSA.com. And y'all all delivered too. We nearly sold out the first batch in the first 24 hours. Now they have ordered more, but this will easily sell out before the end of the month. Go get yours today. If you want the best looking diecast that you've ever owned with our faces on it, you need to pre-order it now. Order RacingUSA.com slash DBC. In addition, RacingUSA.com is now taking pre-orders for the 164 scale DBC diecast and an exclusive door bumper clear number seven paint scheme t-shirt. Dale Jr. said he was going to buy one of these t-shirts, TJ, and I offered to autograph it for him. I'm sure he wants us to sign it. Don't you think so? It must be weird for him to ask for someone else's autograph. Don't forget, RacingUSA.com automatically discounts every order. RacingUSA.com guarantees the lowest diecast pre-order prices. To Dale Jr., love Brett Griffin. Go register for the weekly diecast giveaway contest on RacingUSA.com right now. So be like Dale Jr. Don't wait any longer. Pre-order your DBC diecast at RacingUSA.com slash DBC. Yeah, this is Andrew. I am the Brett Griffin Fan Club president of the Indiana chapter. Finally, yes! Way to go, Josh! Way to go! The data tells me that Bubba still sucks. Freddie, you can't see I just want to say, I'm not drunk. My great-grandma could outrun him, and she's 98. Reaction Theater rolls in three, two, one. With all this talk of safety and consistency, I don't know how the f- they can keep that 31 car out when he has fire shooting out the back of his car and almost destroyed the whole field about 20 seconds later. I just had flashbacks to Ross Chastain at Indy last year. I mean, when he, that was just a tire rub. And come on, just unacceptable. Man said fire shooting out of the back of the 31 car. <laughs> Ah, listen, if you're rolling and it's going to accelerate with two to go, you're not coming in. Just so we're clear, okay? You can force someone off the racing surface below double yellow line, no penalty. You can wreck someone on purpose, no penalty. But if you get forced below the yellow line and go there to avoid wrecking the person forcing you down there, you get penalized. So in the future... Don't go below the yellow. Just dump the guy. NASCAR's full of Brett. I'm waiting for him. To make I mean, the on. yellow line rule, which was a white and red line this week. I don't know why it wasn't double yellow. I guess just because we don't want to be consistent. But um, that that's what caused the last wreck. Yeah, and he what he's what he's talking about is Christopher Bell. Christopher Bell got you know blocked below the yellow line and went below the yellow line to complete his pass and got penalized for it. And. uh but, you know, it's like we I talked to me and Brett. We're going to text with Bob this week. Love Bob. He'll text us something tomorrow about what's something stupid we said on here. But, uh, you know, 
it's it's just you put yourself in a position to have to make judgment calls and you don't the every the rule book should be black and white and and now you're in a position where who's to blame there ross clearly you know forced christopher to go below the line so i thought that was the penalty i thought if you force the guy you're the penalized car now christopher gets a penalty because he went below the yellow line to avoid ross you know it's who who's to say which one's right which one's wrong when they why is it not both when they when they get busted for pushing at the race tra- you know in the plate races both guys go to the back so if you you force the guy and you go below it should be both of these get a penalty Funny Bob story. He tweeted something about rain flaps at road course is starting next weekend. And Rodney Childers quote tweeted and said, I'm so glad you send out all this so we can learn what we are doing. Yeah. Did you see that? That was great. I do think they, we, they actually, uh, we heard them flaps mentioned a long time ago though. I think. Yeah. But they, Bob had like what they're supposed to be made out of how they're supposed to be installed. And apparently that was the first time Rodney had seen that diagram. NASCAR won't listen, and I don't care. You really need to fix the right F and rear. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was good effort. I'll put the yeah, edible down. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I, that, that was a team issue, I think. Let's go, boys! Remember how Fenway boys finished in the top ten? Well, one of them did anyway. Go Chris Busher. Got to be proud of Brad Keselowski with the 12th place finish. Hell of a race there in Atlanta Motor Speedway. Hell of a race, he said. People, I do, I do think people were a hundred percent loving it or a hundred percent hating it. Like, I don't think there was a lot of middle ground no yesterday middle on the on the whole fan deal. You know what I mean? But I will say this, man: Atlanta was a packed house, and they were on their feet people. to watch the end of it. And uh, I'll tell you what: it's got it's it's a one off. Like it's that's going to be Atlanta now. You know, I don't want to do this like you said it. I don't do this every week at every mile and a half. I miss the old Atlanta wearing out, you know, tires and stuff, but this is a unique event now. Yeah. Please shorten these God <laughs> races. I watched the F1 race this morning. It's an hour and a half of action-packed racing. I say action-packed. You don't want to turn it off. That's a lie. Then you go to our show, and it's six hours long, and everybody on the announcers and the broadcast, but you know what? I don't blame them because how the hell are you supposed to fill six hours of time when the drivers aren't even trying till the end of the stages? That's For a, sake, that's NASCAR, the races should be an hour and a half tops. That's a lie. Brett just ignored because this guy disagrees with him. I got his own. I, <laughs> well, his I will own. say I watched most of Formula One race and it's exciting. I mean, when they. It's exciting. No, listen, it's only exciting <laughs> when a guy's leading by four seconds and then the guy in second pits, you know decides to pit and then the guy picks and pits the next lap that's leading and then it's an excite the excitement is to see where they come out near each other and then they have to have the drs and they race for two three laps you know until that the one sounds, guy that's faster that sounds super exciting and then it gets spread out until the next cycle again the the what do you call what's that guy's name crofty or whatever that calls the f1 races yeah he makes it seem like He's it's the awesome. most exciting yeah, race those, in the world. He does uh, an amazing job. They do a really good job, yeah. Because you think that they're racing their asses off, and there's no way that guy's going to have any shot at passing the other yeah. guy. Well, I mean, I will say that the first time the pit sequence came around, uh, Verstappen, I mean, Verstappen was able to pass him. They, they swapped lead two or three times, but then once uh, Leclerc got out in front uh, just by far enough and they, they couldn't get the DRS, yeah. it was. but if there wasn't DRS... They'd never pass. Yeah, I'd be... But it was exciting for a few laps at a time. Like 
you technology, know, thumbs up. Personality, thumbs up. Exciting. No, F one has never been exciting. Not in not throughout an entire broadcast. Yeah, there's points that it's exciting, yes, but like yeah. yes, yes, I would agree with that. Jason, I'm sorry. I know you got your uh, you got your F one over there. <laughs> you can't F1? say that. You can't say that. He gets excited about F one. Yeah, the production quality is high. Like watching that and then going watch the NASCAR race, it's kind of it's a, it was a letdown. Oh, before you play it, did you see the end of the race? Like when they were doing the victory lane stuff, or they parked the car on this huge TV screen? Did you see that? Uh, I don't think so, dude. It's amazing. They had a huge screen, probably this size, behind the car, and the car was parked on one of them the same way, and it looked awesome. Like a digital board? Yes. Yeah. The car was sitting on it, and it looked... Killer? It looked, yes. Oh, they do experiential stuff. They got that figured out. Yeah. Man, I don't want to be this guy, because I don't really like this guy, but I don't know if I like that or not. I really don't. I am undecided on whether or not I think that was a good race. I guess it was entertaining, and Mike Davis is going to eviscerate me. Go, what do you want? What do you want? People, cars up. No, I don't. I don't need 40 lead changes for me to say that it's a good race. I want good racing. I don't need guys. I don't need to be worried about when they hit the freaking wall for me to say, is that a good race or not? I mean, I don't know if I liked it. I really don't. I really don't. Is it a good race if Corey LaJoy finishes top five? After everyone else wrecks, I I think that 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 it's a good race because Corey LaJoy finishes in the top five. Like that's a guy that could use a great finish and could use some attention. And I mean, look, he 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 survived the carnage. He ran top fifteen during the the majority of the final stages of the race. Like I think I think stuff like that makes it a good see- race. Now, did he draw it out of a hat? I mean, nah, I don't think he did. Did I think you he see the it. picture of his car? When he slid through the grass, all oh. four tires are in the air. Literally, Corey LaJoy's, oh, yeah. all four tires are in the air. He had a great tweet. You see his tweet? Uh-uh. So now that's how you back into a top five. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. All four tires are literally off the ground. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a I'm a LaJoy fan. I think he's got a good personality for our sport. Um, Noah Gragson, speaking of personality, uh, he gets on my plane last night and he sits right behind me. He goes, you guys going to talk about me tomorrow? What are you going to you gonna pick to talk about me tomorrow about i said I <laughs> he's always saying that. i was like no i don't think you did anything stupid this week did you he said no i just wrecked running by myself other than that i didn't do anything stupid <laughs> i was like well i guess i'll bring up that we had this conversation since you want to be on our show so bad <laughs> i like watching noah race he's I, he's trying i mean he's I always moving text last week to come on he never answered me i oh he doesn't oh he didn't even answer you he ghosted you um i think Noah's great for the sport i think he is a really good race car driver obviously him and luke lambert working well together to start the xfinity series off um, until this past weekend where they had some problems. Those guys were top three everywhere they went. So he's definitely a good thing for our sport. They had some problems, all right. We 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 need him in the Cup Series. Their JRM problem's name was Trevor Bain. He took out the whole company in one shot. <laughs> you got Bained. You got Bained. Dear John, we see it all now that Fred's gone. <laughs> Don't you think he was too young to be messed with? His guinea pig friend cried the whole day long. We should have known. 
We see it all now that Fred's gone. Don't you think Brett's girls were too young to be messed with? So reaction theater wrote you a song you should have known. We should have known. Brett, you should have known. Dedicated to Fred Griffin. Run and play. Has to be March 2022. What a terrifying name. Now he's going to cry over that song. <laughs> that was great. No, that other guinea, that other guinea pig ain't made, a, ain't made a sound since. Like they used to run around there going like. Doing all this. He's depressed. John was right. Arlo has not made a peep. Arlo. That one's name is Arlo. Yeah. Depressed. He's depressed. Peyton, now you have to work on a therapist song yet? for <laughs> Get him to TJ's Fish. Do they have a guinea pig oh, therapist man. or you got to take them to a human therapist? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to have to pay for it either way. <laughs> I'm a little worried right now because I did leave the three fish in a small bowl in my garage on my workbench. And I'm pretty sure my daughter's going out there playing right now. Oh, she's going to see them. Yeah, that's not good. They're just sleeping. How would they know? How do you kill How three you fish at the same nobody's time? Gonna know. Nobody's going to know. How do you kill three fish at the same time? I don't know. I literally thought the other two were. I mean, I was getting ready to, sleeping. I was getting ready to John to John this thing and try to give it CPR somehow, like you know, squeeze a little fish or something, man. Fish killer. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about finding Nemo right now, Darla, yeah. tapping the glass oh. or thing. Oh, I tried everything. Darla, I, I also thought about flushing them too. I'm not <laughs> gone. These poor you animals. Meet your guinea pig friend out at sea. <laughs> To leave an audio message 24-7, go to anchor.fm slash door bumper clear and click the message icon. We'll keep playing the best ones on the show each week. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Offer pad question of the week. What officially marks the start of spring at your home? When do you start spending more time outside? TJ. Oh man. I mean, as soon as it gets, as soon as it gets like now, now it's perfect. I mean, it's a good time to start getting outside until the ground is covered in yellow from pollen. Then it becomes go inside time for a little while. So, you know, it's usually really nice in the afternoons right now and the evenings are really, really good. Uh, I think a little cold last night. I woke up this morning and it was 66 degrees in my house. So that was kind of cold, but you know, this is the, this is probably one of my favorite times of the year. I really like fall and, uh, Western New York. We used to get all four seasons up there really good. And, but springtime now is a really good time of the year. Baseball season, man. That means spring's here. Um, I do wish there was a way to figure out how to get rid of mosquitoes and pollen. If that's the only, if I could get rid of two things in this world, it would be them little aggravating ass mosquitoes and all that yellow pollen that falls and gets our cars dirty and, 
and gets on our shoes and we're tracking in the house. Like, man, I can't stand pollen. That's the start of spring for me is when my eyes start itching and my I can't breathe because it's pollen season and I can't take enough allergy medicine. But yeah, uh, pretty much Bodie's baseball season is the start of spring for me too. I think they start this week, right? Yeah, this so, weekend. Uh, I scrimmage yesterday. That's our. That's that'll consume most of our. <laughs> I guess our off week. That's what we're going to do. Watch baseball. Yeah. Go get a cash offer on your home today with our presenting sponsor, OfferPad.com. What an idiot, man. Time for What an Idiot. And I'd imagine Freddie and Brett have already said whose theirs are. So No, I have not said who mine is. I just said who's on my list. I have not go said mine it. either. Who you, you, got, you go first. So we were sitting in our pit box and we were getting ready to change tires and our jack man, our tire carrier and our tire changer came around in front of the car and David Reagan just ran over all three of them. So I got to give him the what an idiot award. Like you've been doing, I honestly, I was like, is Josh Balicki driving this car? Like who, who is in this car that doesn't, isn't aware of what's about to happen. Uh, you knew you were coming around us. You knew our crew guys were going to be coming and there literally was not enough room for even Casey boat to walk around this car. Because of how tight he came in on us, so man, that was uh, that was pretty dumb and dangerous. Go ahead, knock it out of the park. So I had, I, so I have four names on my list. One is my what an idiot for sure. But uh, thirty eight and thirty four were my they were on my list. Maya Snyder got added to my list because I didn't know he said this till just now. That hauler driver. Oh gosh. <laughs> Uh, tin, he saw this. tin can to the top I of that trailer. It was the Reem, Re, Josh Reum, Reum, whatever. I think it was their truck hauler. Is he Italian? He tried to go out. He he's Italy. Um, <laughs> they they tried to go out the wrong tunnel and what an idiot. And pan, can't open his <laughs> trailer. It's so bad. I'm just glad he's okay because that. Probably, I hope he's okay. I have not heard that. How about how many fans not. saw that? Oh, there's so goodness. many pictures. But my one idiot for the week has to go to myself because we were staying uh, i was gonna use that too <laughs> we were staying in peachtree city georgia which i've never been to in my life and uh we got up and headed to the track and jason jarrett was riding driving and i was navigating and that's the last time that'll ever happen because i took us about 25 minutes in the wrong direction by hitting the wrong button on my like i had a atlanta motor speedway and brett had me look up uh a stk steakhouse the night before to see how far it was and for some reason, they were both on my history, and I just must have missed and clicked the SDK. So we were we were heading to the SDK in Midtown Atlanta instead of the racetrack for about twenty minutes before I realized, <laughs> hey, what the hell? well, we see air. Why, why do we see airplanes? We're, are we close to the airport? What the f- is going on here? And I said, Jason, are you sure we're going the right way? I said, Yeah, of course. I started scrolling. I go, Nope, we are not going the right way. <laughs> so we we rolled in, and Jason is notoriously early to the racetrack, and oh, I am notoriously so late. So he is. Uh, he was on my plan this week because we got there. For, uh, TJ was sweating for Jason when I got I, there. When Jason's usually there, like early, like one of the first ones, and he has his headset on like thirty minutes before practice, and it was thirty minutes before practice, and he wasn't even there. And I'm like, I about called him, like, because it's very unlike Jason to not be there. Wow, he had to be sweating. He wasn't. You know, he was. He did. He was. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I'm sure. Not on the on the inside. I saw he his might face. Have been going nuts. I saw a look on his face when he came walking up there, and it was just like. I said we got plenty of time. Practice is ten forty five. It's ETA's nine fifty eight or so, ten oh one or something. I said we get we're good. Midtown Atlanta, dude. We're, we're good. <laughs> it was pretty rough. Yeah, there was a uh, lost to pick from this week. 
I mean, between hauler drivers, lap cars splitting on a narrow track. Navigators. Not only did a hauler driver drive through the wrong tunnel and, and hit his trailer and get stuck, like he drove it in pretty deep. Uh, he he, he had to be going at a pretty high rate of speed like to imagine? do all that damage. Ah, that had to scare him. I'm just lucky he's okay because a lot of times, like you see bridge accidents like that, like a yeah. guy hits a bridge, they're obviously going much faster. Do you, do but you fire that guy? I don't know how you don't. I, <laughs> I don't know if you, but it's hard to find good help. But though Tony Rains, I think Josh <laughs> was running the Xfinity race. So this happened, this was his truck hauler. So this happened during the Xfinity race. And Rains was packing up his bag during one of them red flags. And he's like, I don't know what to do. And I said, what do you mean? He's like, well, Josh just wrecked his car. And I don't want to be the one to tell him, hey, your car is even worse on the back stretch. <laughs> like, yeah. Ugh. That what, is, a, what a bad day. That's Terrible. a bad day for him. That's Jason, uh, do you, Jason, do you fire that guy? Well, I feel like not many people volunteer to be a hauler driver, so you may need. You're crazy. Everybody wants to be a hauler driver. <laughs> Everybody in the trucking business is like, I want to be a hauler driver. How until do I they drive. Until, until they race. to me because we need hauler drivers or people to help if, with CBI. If so. you do become a hauler driver at CBI, just learn what tunnels you can and cannot drive out of. We saw this last year. Was it last year at Indy? Timez destroyed his uh, <laughs> destroyed his um, souvenir trailer going out the wrong tunnel remember. in Indy. It's all a blur. Which, which that trailer that trailer had already been wrecked by Chris Wyndham going through a toll booth. I think I the only way I would fire that. the guy is if he agreed <laughs> to pay. <laughs> if, he, if he agreed to pay the deductible, I would not fire him. But if he didn't agree to pay the deductible, he go. I mean, uh, yeah. I, it's, I feel uh, bad for him. Truck drivers are hard to come by. That's though, a whole man. other level of dumbass. Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Yeah, I really want to get to DVC picks this week. I lost on the last freaking lap. I was going to win. Who'd you have? <sighs> I know that feeling. That's right. I won in Atlanta with Chris Busher. And now everyone is tied for the lead with one win apiece. So for Coda, Freddie, you get to go first since you suck. Wow. Jeez. Coda. Pretty impressive we're all tied. Is my man driving to 16 this week? Uh, AJ Allmendinger will be in all the road courses in the Cup Series for college racing, Freddie. AJ Allmendinger. That's your pick? I'm going to go with the legend, Kyle Busch. The legend. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I lost. It should have been two to one to one to zero to Casey. I'm going to go with a guy who is on fire, who showed a lot of speed last year at Coda in the rain and in the dry. 
this guy learned how to road race, in my opinion, from AJ Allmendinger, Ross Chastain. Hmm. I'll pick Austin Sindrick. You're going to suck. Why? <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> he's racing. Yeah, he's racing. Chase is just looking at me like, what do you know? Uh, I don't know. Uh, is he That's my, I was thinking today, I'm like, when you make your picks, you have way more knowledge about what's going to happen than I do. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, he's pretty legit good there. Same. Like, oh, sure. She could have seen that. Jason looked at me. He's like, what do you know? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I will go with Chase Elliott. Wow. Big gun. Big swing. She's feeling confident. Hopefully it pays off. Happy birthday, Casey. Thanks. Happy birthday. Right. So what are you, are you going to like? Yeah, what's, what's the party? I mean, what are we, we getting here? What's happening? Uh, are we we need to take you out to lunch. Is that going to be your only? Yeah. Honestly, uh, if you guys want to celebrate my birthday with me, Chad will be racing at Millbridge. So I'll be at Millbridge Wednesday, probably Saturday. I, I don't know where Chad's going tomorrow. this week. It is, but it's a week of celebrating. Like you're supposed to celebrate. I like celebrating things. Not going to lie. Oh. So if you have ideas on how to celebrate my birthday, please let me know because I got scores? nothing. Unfortunately, I have. <laughs> uh, you aware. have been to Scores? Whoa. Yeah. Tell us wow. about it. Wow. What, what, what kind of food do they All serve right, there? Well, before we close up the show, <laughs> I want to give a shout out to my new official friend, Sako, because oh, he my is giving me- Sako? John Sako? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got a- hey. And Kip, well, as always. Well, unfortunately, we did piss off another NASCAR official last week. Of course he did. Kip Childress was mad at Brett. Yeah, he told me. <laughs> For saying Danica's drive based cars. <laughs> he had a, Danica's hot. I, agree. I saw him in the garage Brett. and he was like, Oh man, I have a bone to pick with Brett. So I saw him at the airport and he gave me a look and I was like, Kip, I got a wig. If you just put the wig on and just look like Danica coming by, I won't know the difference. Air, air blowing out the window. Air blowing, flowing. I did get somebody ask if I was Danica. So Really? Mm-hmm. Hey, we gotta talk about points before we jump. And I know it's points. early in the season, but let's talk about points. Denny Hamlin. Where's he, 50th? 26th in points. Cole Custer, 28th in points. Christopher Bell, 30th in points. And Harrison Burton, 32nd in points. I Barry. did. I, I definitely didn't see that caliber of teams this buried in the points this many races. Because we've run five races now. Like, you get a couple races, get through your deal. The 21's got to get it rolling. 21's buried. I don't, I, you know. Like it's going to be hard to climb out of any for these guys. But I mean, they're, obviously, some can do it better than others, but the playing field is, I mean, adding that these Atlantas in there like that, these are places where he should have made up points. Harrison has struggled more than I had anticipated him to struggle this year, just watching him kind of kind of looks like he's still getting acclimated to this car a little bit, and, and he has struggled a little bit more than, than maybe I had anticipated. But, you know, it's good. now he's, he's buried in a hole. It's going to be extremely hard to dig his way out of. I just, I, uh, those are big names with big funding. I mean, some of them guys, you know, like Denny, you would anticipate Denny's probably going to win a race. Probably. I mean, he'll probably be able to point his way in anyway. But, you know, a guy like Bell, you know, we've seen early in this year, he's spun out just about every race. You know, I mean, it's going to be, if you continue to make mistakes like that, it's going to be hard to point your way out. You might, he might be getting. I mean, what were we, five in already? You got you know, 21 to go. 20 to go. You know, you've got a long way to go. I mean, obviously, it's still pretty tight, but you've got a long way to go here, and a lot of guys to make up points on. you got to start having – now is the time to start having some decent, quiet finishes. Yeah, like you better – it's either – Take you know, a tenth. Yeah, tenth like fine just right take now. what the car's giving you right yeah. now. 
Yeah, I mean, and and look at Denny. I mean, he was pressing an issue yesterday when he caused that wreck. The coming, more races we four. go, and you know, a guy, these guys don't get wins. The twenty percent of your regular season's over. It's going to be hard. Yeah, you can't afford many more mulligans if you're those guys. You gotta, you. I think you got to get it in the next ten. Yeah. If it, you don't get it in the next ten, it's going to get really hard. I just think it's worth mentioning. I mean, obviously, you got a couple surprise winners, maybe. You know, definitely Austin Cindric. I don't think anybody saw Austin Cindric or Briscoe. You know, winning the Daytona 500. I don't, Briscoe never even had a top ten in an oval, and he go out and wins yeah. the race, right? So you kind of checked off two guys that I mean, look at Austin Cindric right now, seventeenth in points. If he continues to fade, guess what? He's still taking up that last playoff spot. Yeah, you're gonna have more, and you're gonna have a lot of winners. Do you, you know, see there being more winners than spots? I uh, I don't no. think so. But see that. I think there's going to be more potentially. I mean, Ross Chastain has been on the verge of winning three races now. Um, I still think, I mean, the poor guy has crashed out of the lead or broke out of the lead more times this year than I've ever seen anybody. But Tyler Reddick is going to win races this year. It's, it's the end of the it's just point period at the end of that statement. Um, so that's two more guys that did not win races last year that could very well easily win. Suarez is in contention to win. You know, there's 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 a lot of guys that could you know sneak up here and steal races, which is what this car was designed to do, kind of level the playing field a little bit. Yeah, I, I think it's worth noting, but we'll uh, we'll see what happens this weekend. We could see another surprise winner. You never know. Road racing for the first time in this car. We've talked about unknowns, a lot of unknowns coming into this season. Daytona, obviously, California, uh, even Phoenix, right? Um, this weekend, Atlanta. That was an unknown. But do you look at this weekend first road course? Hey, we're checking the box again. Another unknown. If I, I said it last week, I said it again. If you live within 50 miles of this joint, buy you a ticket. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things to look for this week is these cars race a lot more like road racing cars that some of these guys grew up driving. You know, AJ's one of them. Cindric's probably one of them. This is a whole different braking package than we've had in the past. And the guys that have always been fast on road courses were fast because they knew how to outbreak guys that did not know what they were doing. So you might see that disparity show again here a little bit where these guys know how to push it a little bit harder. Obviously, everybody's a good plate racer. These guys are all really good, but there's some guys that will excel this week. Was that your way of saying Bubba's going to sit on the pole? Yeah, I think we're definitely going to be straight to the top of the board this week. Favorite for the pole, Bubba Wallace. You heard it <laughs> Or here are you trying to say, are you trying to cover for yourself already? No, no, I don't <laughs> think so. I mean, Bubba's going to be fine, but I'm just saying, like, I just watching, I don't know if you were at that Roval test, but you could watch guys no, like AJ that could attack like that final chicane on the front stretch there. Yeah. They could just attack it harder. And there were some guys like Reddick. They're they, comfortable with it. Yeah, they just they just are more comfortable oh, attacking. Reddick will be, yeah. be comfortable driving in DB. Yeah. He might not get it stopped, but he's going to try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see if that plays out a little bit more where you see them road course, quote-unquote, ringers have a little bit of an advantage on some of the cup regulars. And two, man, these, some of these guys that are struggling in the points, this is going to be a tough weekend for them. Yeah. I mean, I mean Harrison Burton, he's behind B.J. McLeod in points. And he's going to roll into a track in a new car that he doesn't have experience with. Like, this is going to be a challenging weekend. And I hope he does well with it. I really Man. do. Um, this will be hot. It, it, thank God. It's not going to be dry. I don't care about that. That might have been the worst. Con- that is definitely the worst conditions this ever. This is where I got bit racing. by all no. them, like, Roval. chiggers or whatever last time I was there. <laughs> I remember that? I, I remember. I don't know what you got bit by, but you I got was covered in freaking bug bites for this joint. <laughs> It rained all weekend, and whatever got weekend. in my pants would not stop biting me. And um, it covered cut, my, it covered, it covered the lower bottom half of my body in itching bug bites. Okay. Just you. So, anyway. Take a bath or something. So, make a, make a, make a cream always, for that. Thank you all so much for listening. 
And thank you to our amazing presenting sponsor, OfferPad, for hanging out with us every week. Go buy your t-shirts and diecast, racingusa.com slash DBC. Buy them all. Listen to Dale Jr. Download tomorrow. No, No, don't don't do do that. that. What? What? You're you're out, Casey. I like Mike Davis. I like Dale. So, hey, good news. I did see this last week. Dale does know where our studio is because I saw him here (laughs) sending a commercial. So he's got no... uh, no excuse why you can't come over here anymore. I'm going to take your line. You're going to show up. Do it. Yeah, do quit, it. Quit talking quit about talking it. Quit talking about it. Yeah. Do it. Quit talking about it. <laughs> but, yeah, thanks, everybody. Go appreciate y'all listening. We out. I'll appreciate week. it. Word. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo.